0: new york era lou reed mm-hmm. i love lou
1: reed mm-hmm.
0: um, and i share and it's a and it's a similar goal that i think uh, to dylan as well but lou reeds expressed it explicitly where he says um that he wants to apply like the creative uh linguistic freedoms of literature to rock and roll which is I read and uh, sang that. It's like, that's exactly what I want to do, too. Yeah. Like, I want to play like Rolling Stone songs, but have the lyrics be like Taunty Hall.
2: The Well Law podcast was created to explore the human side of the music industry from the perspective of two Appalachian women. In today's episode, we meet on the north side of Lexington with Charlie Overman to discuss his upcoming album and his recent single release.
3: We caught up with Charlie Overman at the end of his finals week and right after his solo debut with The Burl at 21 years old. Charlie was patient, kind, and enthusiastic. He opened up about his process and how he connects to his music. He taught us how hangovers can be a superpower. Charlie is equal parts proud and humble. He rattles off his lines as examples of how his approach gives birth to perfect lyrics. Not only do they elicit vivid visions, but they can also be so much fun. Listen to his new single, Canada Thistle, to hop on this ride. With the sweetest air and most contemplative demeanor, Charlie Overman is thankfully a name we are going to hear for a long while.
1: The crack of automatic
0: miles, misses noise. The nerve agents, the rockets, the big finally been destroyed. Ah. I'm over and I feel like
3: talking. <laughs> 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 You're fluent, James. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. I was
0: really fluent for a while, man. Are these all kinds Can I just keep going? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, Is before it? we start, let's share. So even <laughs> <laughs> Thank um, you. Yeah, I was really the so when I was working. I can and stuff like too, Yeah, right? we'll I was working on horse farm. <laughs> and when I was, I worked on a horse phone for two years, and I did that. Oh, I was okay. fluent, fluent, man. Like, I could make jokes in Spanish, you know. Like I could. Where was that? I'm sorry, Spanish. Where's that uh, over farm? Mm-hmm. That was fun. Where's Evermore? Uh out the long road and. Oh, okay. Oh.
3: okay, so in Fayette County. Yeah. Okay, yeah,
2: I know the long, but. Yeah. That's yeah. I was cool. farming beers.
0: I bet. For- yeah. What else did you do on the farm? I was just a. Uh, Regular old grunt, mm-hmm. I guess you know, shoveled shit. Haydays, mm-hmm. hey which I wondered about that expression. you know,
1: mm. oh uh,
0: yeah. I wonder if that's what they mean by it, because we would have haydays uh, where they bring a trailer load of three hundred fifty bales of hay, and they're fifty or sixty pounds each, and you have to load them all at once, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: and. You feel like you're gonna pass out mm-hmm. and die. Uh, it's the top of a barn, in 90 degree heat. Mm-hmm. And there's no oxygen up there, and you don't know, mm-hmm. like you're doing that because you're struggling to get air. And so I wonder if that's what they mean by It's it like in uh, your prime, I guess, when you can handle that sort of thing. That mm-hmm. was like, bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Goddamn.
2: Were you in school? Was that like a job? to...
0: Uh, yeah, and the summer is mostly <laughs> when I don't go overnight um, when I was, okay. I was still in school, but I quit about at this time last year. I worked on a farm for in Brazil for, for a while, uh, for a friend of Linda's and um, did that for a while, but uh, the money just wasn't good enough to drive out to Brazil.
3: Um, So what are you studying? Communication. Communication. Okay, Okay. (laughs) that's what I thought. That was a little little weird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: Do you know, do you want to pursue it? Do you want to see where this goes? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, Man, honestly, what I tell people is I just want a cushy government job like my parents got. Yeah. Just Not stress, really. I like, I like, yeah, retirement. Insurance, (laughs) yes. I want to live and create freely, I guess, and Mm -hmm. not not have to worry so much. Because I know a lot of people who do it, like Linda Montana, for example, do it professionally, and, and and they're both set up pretty good, but but. uh so I know it's stressful having to. I don't want to have, I don't want to be forced to write. Mm-hmm. No. I want to write at my, my leisure. Mm-hmm. You know. it's like, <laughs> yeah, I what
1: like it's
0: that. Sure. Yeah.
2: It's less, yeah. L-
3: less of a profession and more just when you're made to do it.
0: Yeah. I and like sometimes, that. Sometimes songs have come out of deadlines or something, but. Like when actually Candidate Thistle did sort of, which is the same one,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: but it's that kind of came out of, uh, I was getting ready to cut the second half of the record and I needed one more song and I just been enjoying, uh, all my friends for the past two weeks, and weekends, a lot. they the gone to Hillbilly Days and Derby Day. I saw Ella graduate, just had a really good time, mm-hmm. and I just kind of, those was just kind of the culmination of all that. But what that song made me discover is that I really enjoy writing about kind of distinctly American scenes, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what I want to keep doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like the Shriners on their motorbikes, yeah,
2: that's what I was thinking
0: through the lyrics. uh, Signs on the trucks that will fry anything you like, all that sort of stuff. I love that. Just watching all the Shriners riding on their motorbikes. Walked towards the office I heard an old voice singing From a hymnal Oh, and the signs on the truck Will fry anything And even in that new song That won't be out for a long time but Did some of that as well But mm-hmm. the Jaded, weary eyes of a black child in Charleston as he hands my mother coming in from Palmetto Roads. You know? Yeah,
2: I know. That's that line <laughs> stuck out to me. I'm like, I want to actually, I want more detail so I can see. Oh, yeah. More, you
0: know? yeah. yeah. But I've been loving doing that kind of thing, man. Mm-hmm.
2: So. Mm. What's your writing process? Like, it comes in waves or whenever? You're
0: feeling it? You sat down, yeah. right? Um. I guess this is a thing I got a whole lot to say about. Uh, I, uh, some of them come, like this one song, Gatewood. That one, uh, I was just out at the bar and at the cherry chase, and actually listening to this guy, George Gatewood, talk about his life. And I was like, thinking, I was like, let's just write some of this shit down.
1: You know, Mm -hmm. so when
0: I wake up, because it sounded, the way he was talking and uh, his phrasing uh, sounded like a Tom T. helped someone, which is what I love about Tom T. is just that, and what I try, have have tried to do um, is... I try to emulate this as a conversational style of writing mm-hmm. and so some and, and and then I woke up the next morning and I was uh hung over and wrote that in an hour and a half pretty much and but then others like uh that cap song that everybody loves that one took like five months
1: mm-hmm.
0: so some of them some of them come quick and some of them come slow mm-hmm. and uh but i guess when i'm you know what i notice when i'm in the mood is uh hangover and i don't know why but i get uh like this poetic feeling when i'm hungover and i think it's my subconscious trying to introduce some levity to my situation i think like I was in the hospital once. I got so sick. Um, but I still don't know what the hell it was. Uh, last summer, or two summers ago, I was in the hospital, and I was fucking hilarious. You know, I was being really funny, and I think it's because I was scared. Oh, <laughs> <I was just, laughs> yeah. Because I didn't. I thought they thought I had maybe meningitis or something. <laughs> like. Spinal men, mm-hmm. which I just gonna kill you, uh, which I didn't get that, but, but they thought I maybe had that, and I was kind of scared, but my subconscious was like, the way I think about it, I think it was trying to introduce levity to my situation, which I think is what happens in hangovers, mm-hmm. and why I feel so poetic when I'm vulnerable, because I just think of words um, phrases and stuff that I never think of, um, otherwise. And it's like this feeling of uh like I'm unlocked or something. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like a key or.
1: And right I, th- now I'm
0: kind of hungover. Feeling poetic right
3: now. Oh there. gosh, you're, oh, you're, so.
0: you're <laughs> <down> poetic. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I man. I, I think. Yeah, any of us, for whatever reason, induce some poetic feeling. I think it's the levity, thing. I, I really do, but I don't know. I've heard people say that. I've been reading a, uh, a lot of this guy Rambo recently, and he talks a lot about how you have to be, uh, which I don't know if this sounds pretentious to say, but but, but Rambo said it so. That you have to be like a child, you know, and that poet has to be like a child, and once you quit, mm-hmm. you ever quit being a child, you uh, can't be a poet in water, which, and I feel that, you know, because yes. when I'm over I feel like a child, I feel like a sick and silly child.
3: I love that I know. I know this perspective is so unique <laughs> I think it's really cool I, mean, I certainly never felt creative when I've been <laughs> <at all. laughs> so
0: you know what the other thing I read about it one time is uh, I think because I was to be frank uh, I also get Morning, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and,
0: and, uh, and I and I was reading about that once because I was like, what the fuck am I horny right?" Now? <laughs> I looked it up and and uh, and it is a phenomenon. Apparently, psychologists have studied and they think it's because that you feel vulnerable. Oh, wow. I think there's a vulnerability here too. But I think it's vulnerability, I think it's liberty. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Are either of your parents um, writers or musicians? No. Yeah. Are you an only child?
0: No, I've got a sister. An older sister? No, you
3: don't. how did you start lying?
0: I got into it because. Uh, I was obsessed with baseball for a long time. I'm going to play baseball. And then I got to, like, be 11 or 12. And all the other kids were getting way more athletic. And so I gave up baseball. And my dad was like, well, so he pushed me to play guitar. And I'd always been a dude. Like, i like, From an early age, of JCDC and all that stuff. I listened to Bluegrass too, but kinda of got out of that until late in high school.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? so.
0: mm-hmm. that's why I, I guess yeah, just my dad pushed me mm-hmm. to play. It it. And I played on um, heavy metal for a long time. You know I played a heavy metal being called Forest with two R's like guns. Um,
1: <laughs> that's fine
0: <laughs> yeah. and i played in a, an indie band called people playing it for oneon then i also realized i'm not a uh i'm not a i'm not a lead guitar player you know like i'm a i'm a, i'm a good rhythm guitar player and i have a good sense of dynamics and tone and that sort of thing but i'm if I really work at it, I can be a good guitar player, but it takes some people more naturally inclined, I think, um, are innately better at that sort of thing and thinking on their feet, uh, being thoughtful on their feet. And I'm not thoughtful on my feet. I have to be thoughtful in advance, I think. mm mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I think it's why I'm better uh, Better at writing mm-hmm. It's because I can take my time with things
1: mm-hmm.
0: And then uh, I was getting a at lead guitar for a while on flat picking I was practicing every day for hours on end and Then uh, this time last year and a Christmas party at Abby Hamilton's house, I fell on a fire. <laughs> oh, my God. I <laughs> burnt the shit out of my hand, so I couldn't play for two months. I've never gotten back in that room. But... Mm,
1: two months.
0: <laughs> yeah. But they were
3: saying Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> that's, that's as close as I've ever gotten to being great at guitar. guitar good at the guitar. Mm-hmm. Let's, Right up until I am my hand, <laughs> There's a sign. let me write along. Thank so, you. Um, when you
2: were uh, in the metal band, is that is that how you met John Haywood? I, I know you mentioned it the
1: other
0: like at no. your sister. I met I met Johnny for the flood actually, mm. and I uh, I've been out of that band for a year two years probably.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and uh we just kind of suspended and uh, i had this his john stuff had uh, gotten flooded his snap stuff and everything and i had this big heavy metal sounding again uh, just kind of sitting and, I told him, I was like, you can have it if you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because no, you I knew should have got flooded. I said so that's the end use That's kind of how we met, was I gave him that, and he ended up giving me a banjo, giving me lessons, and we just ended up kind of hanging out. Mm-hmm. Became friends, and mm-hmm. yeah, so that's how i met John to say flood.
2: Yeah. He's amazing. At one point, this was a long time ago, uh, he was commissioned to do painting at Greenbow State, Greenbow mm. Lake State Park, so, uh, you know, Green County. And then some people were having him come to Ashland a lot, um, and it was right okay. before he moved back home. Okay. Um, so in the process of like, meeting him, you know, to move back home, and he was like, I'm opening this tattoo shop. Oh,
1: okay. um,
2: so, survive since he had done that in Louisville, he had trained, you know, to be that. Stuff. Yeah. And with him, because I just loved him as an artist, I he opened that tattoo shop. I was there in the first mic. He mm. did my first, my first and second tattoo. Hell
1: yeah.
2: Um, and how cool is it? Like, you're sitting in his uh, tattoo shop and he's like, this is me on the radio. And it's him playing banjo. And yeah. He tells all the stories. He has him and his wife, right? Have great stories. In it. Yeah. I love John.
0: And yeah, him just. When I talk about conversational lyricism, um, John's a great source for that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I remember when I wrote that song about him from his perspective, uh it started because I heard him say something in a banjo lesson he was giving, where uh, he was referring to Randy Wilson, who's another banjo player from around there. And uh, he said Randy'd call me when whenever he needed somebody to play a dance. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's great, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so that's how the song starts. Randy called me whenever he needed somebody to play a dance, and he called Kelly if he had a question about plants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i paint out on the porch in the cold, and the wild hogs would come up and eat the poison ivy and off the trees out by Chicken University. I still get stoned or buzzing bees to raise bees. Uh-huh. <laughs> Awesome. But yeah, he had a I wrote a lot of that too, him just telling me stories when we were sitting out at Little Doubles, which is where he used to live, and George Gibson was at And uh it was we were just sitting there smoking weed and which I don't do a lot, but I do it every time I see John Hayville feels still- <laughs> <laughs> It's like a sacred meeting
1: of
0: sorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh but he was sitting there and uh, just talking, saying all that. Almost. Not quite verbatim, but 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 close to it, maybe he told me about they had a chicken coup. Chicken university is a reference to this chicken coup and they had thirty-six chickens. George and Hindu, for a while, they take care of and they called it chicken university. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So you've played in metal, indie,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and you're putting out a solo album. Yeah, yeah. Um, is the strategy you just put out a couple singles and then release an album? Is this the new modern? Yeah, I
0: guess. Yeah. I guess i ought to put out more, but I don't want to. Because oh, it's eight songs on the album. Mm-hmm. Most people. Um, Put out like Four singles It seems like now so, mm-hmm. Just because I don't want I don't want to, I don't want to put out Half the album And then The album comes out There's only four more songs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know Like I want I want it to come out There's There's still to be Some left
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think I do
2: Mm-hmm. Do you know which
0: one you're gonna put out? Yeah, probably uh, I don't know, that gentle understandings song. The FFA's mm-hmm. I guess I'll go and feed one of the Although man, I, I want to. The next record I make, it'll probably be time. I will, I want to recut that now, just because I think I think I sing it better than I did on, on the album. Just because I've been with it for so long, mm-hmm. but I also love the new arrangement of it that we did. For a long time, I was like, "No, it's not going to be a full band song ever." And I was very adamantly against that because I wanted it to mm-hmm. maintain a. Sense of intimacy, I guess,
1: mm-hmm. but uh,
0: but then for this show, I didn't want to do any change or anything, and I just wanted to have the band on pretty much everything. Um, so we ended up doing like a 7 arrangement of it.
1: Fucking, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm.
0: My favorite band of all time, yeah. <laughs> nice. yeah. I, I love and I just love the. Like, it's got a dead flowers feel. Mm -hmm. Oh,
3: that's
0: probably my favorite
3: song. That's that's
0: such a good song. It's just, yeah. So, I wanted to cut that the next record. Mm -hmm. But it'll be a while. I still like the version that I cut a lot. I'm proud of it. And really, really it's the material behind the recording for me, I guess, is what really just. The there, sir. So they're there. So.
2: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Tell us about all the amazing people that recorded that
0: oh, yeah. album. It's like- yeah, I got. Um, initially, I was going to do, uh, just Don, Rogers, um Linda Jean Stokely, Tivis and me. And I, and I, and I wanted Don because I knew you could, I knew you had a B-Bender guitar. A B-Bender. Mm-hmm. Which is like that kind of electric guitar that can imitate a pedal steel. Um, uh, which is cool too, because B-Bender doesn't get a lot of lot of use anymore outside of like the... I don't think, at least outside of, uh, outside of uh, like mainstream Nashville country in the 2000s, mm-hmm. 2010. Mm-hmm. So um, it was cool to have like a, yeah. So I knew I wanted Don. I knew I wanted Linda. I'd always showed, you know, these songs to Linda and mm, she was always very supportive. I don't know about me being her
1: favorite
0: young song. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Encouragements. Yeah, awesome. So so I I wanted Linda to play bass and sing harmony. And she also wrote that dance and dance song that's on there too. I it. That's the only one on there that I didn't write. But uh, Yeah, you want to I'm linda and then uh Antibus too? Antibus. and then kinda out of nowhere. I ended up ran into a C.J. Kane and a town mountain show that I took my dog to. that was all anxious. I met. I ran into C.J. Kane and we were talking. And I told him that I was going to make a record and uh, I was in a tight budget at the time too, but. But I ran into CJ, and and told him I was going to make a record, and he offered to play on it. And I told him, uh, like, man, I probably can't pay, you know, because I'm on a really tight budget. He said he'd play on it for free and just come over. So he ended up playing on it for free. But then before that even, I, I came to his... House and showed them mm-hmm. what I've been mm-hmm. writing. He loved it, he was very supportive, and wrote these fucking incredible riffs and hooks mm-hmm. to it that elevated, you know, like this hook he wrote for that Gabe song specifically, just like elevated it so much, mm-hmm. you know, like. Because I guess for me always was I'm a better lyricist than I am. But I I think a it, 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 it writing melody, you know, or writing wrists, yeah. but but he lent it that extra bit of melodic hook and and to it.
2: How special and validating to have two so, oh, amazing yeah. <laughs> yeah. musicians supporting oh, yeah.
0: you and oh, helping out. Don and Don and Linda. And yeah, Steve everyone in there. Yeah, yeah, it's been awesome. Man. Yeah, I was ex- the old
3: guard. Yeah, I, I was excited to see uh, Don play uh, guitar because we've seen him several times and it's always fiddler violin yeah. mm-hmm. and yeah, oh, yeah. And
2: so it was great to see that. Oh, God, he really is. <laughs> it's
0: confounding.
2: I went back and watched the videos of the song. I mean, that was one. We've been to a lot. Of- <laughs>
1: a lot of shows. That was one of the more fun shows at the Brawl
0: that I've been to. Yeah, it was, yes. was a lot of uh, yeah. It was a really fun. I had a, I had, I was, yeah, I hadn't, that's the most fun I've had in a while, man. Just, because playing alone is one thing, and I think you have to be good at that and have good solo arrangements and, um, uh, and, and have them flesh fully fleshed out for, for like a, performance you do alone but what the band allows me to do uh is i can have fun with it and mm-hmm. you know like i'm not sitting alone and i'm not focusing on guitar playing so much like i can do all these hands yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and i can and, and i can also and i've seen songs for so long now that and uh and, and play them so much and I'm so familiar with them now that I can I can play with phrasing and I can play with mm-hmm. you know, phrasing, play with the phrasing, which I love to do. I love to do that. I guess probably because of Dylan, but like, Then Pentecostal ladies probably think I've got some evil singer. here, <laughs> like this like. You like these weird little changes that aren't there on the record, but or just talk lines instead of single. Mm-hmm. Like it's freeing. It's it gives me more freedom to just fuck around. Yeah, <laughs> so you I like have a level of
2: freedom
3: yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. like dance and stuff.
3: That was just, reflected in the show. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it 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 seemed. Freer and less structured than anything I'd seen.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. But I mean, still fantastic. I don't know. So much much fun. Yeah. I think that's
0: how it ought to be. Uh, Yeah. It was a ton of fun, man. It was really fun. I like doing those hand gestures. Where did you grow up? What county? In Lexington. You
2: were in Lexington?
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. My mom's from Bell County. Mm -hmm. uh, And her family's that, besides from our own historical. Mm -hmm. uh, And I spent, I guess, a good deal of my childhood in Bell County. It's like weekends a lot of times. Always. Almost every weekend, for when I was really
1: young,
0: right? mm-hmm. do so, you know all that.
1: But
0: no, mm-hmm. I love it here. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wanted to leave for a long time. I wanted to go to Boulder, Colorado, and study astrophysics. <laughs>
1: wow. <laughs>
0: That's strange. Are
3: you a science guy? No. No. Just <laughs> for a while, I
0: guess, or I was into it. I was interested in it. Um, but I think it was more kind of looking for something to latch on to and then um, or something to to occupy me or to obsess over. Maybe more the idea of it. Um, and then... I Rediscovered Grant Parsons and John Prattentions. Hung out, met Ella and I met John and Grant and all them and just fell in love with everybody. How'd you meet
2: them? How'd you meet Ella?
0: John, her boyfriend John McGee, uh, who has played, he played, Cole has kind of a, Rotation of drummers, but John played with Cole at that Pearl show. He out to work. I played with him at the just a week ago. Mm-hmm. and so John's a great drummer and great guitar player and like a roll songwriter and stuff. And so he he wanted me to. Uh, this was December 2019. I was right before. The pandemic and maybe me and him had started hanging out before that But I think he wanted me to I Can't remember if I played on it in that summer or if it was I think it was probably summer 2020. But he, anyhow, he wanted me to uh play with his rock record he was making um, So I would come over to his house and Practice and play the songs and stuff and and that's how I met Ella, Virginia, and Olivia, too. They live in of my best friends. And mm-hmm. yeah, we used to ride around in Ginger's boyfriend's lane rover and listen to uh, Grandparcel. Mm-hmm. It was very sweet. Uh, but yeah, and that really kind of convinced me. To this day,
1: mm-hmm.
0: for sure it'll be like, um, you know, I just want to be this sort of thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Charlie was talking earlier about that daughter. Oh, really?
0: Grace. she's
2: Yeah,
0: I'll sit her. Grace. Grace Roberts. She is amazing. And I hate on a lot of shit, but her stuff is something I <laughs> really admire, respect, and like. Uh, she's somebody that like I really, 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 really look up to. as a songwriter, and I and actually when I was writing a lot of the stuff for this record early on, I sent it to her and to Ella. Mm-hmm to get their opinions, uh, and feedback, because I respect them the signs. That was also fantastic. So, yeah, I would send a lot of my stuff to them, early on, especially, and get their notes. I don't this was helpful.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Have you sat down with any other person and like co-wrote a song, or he's more of a fresh here?
1: No, god.
0: <laughs> so, we Well, Linda, Linda, uh, Linda Jean and me tried once, and she's never co-written anything either.
2: Were you like, so what we have to do is drink a lot yeah, the night before? <laughs> we'll leave
0: yeah, I know. <laughs> well, that was kind of before I had tapped, tap finger, source. Mm-hmm. Um, but, now, yeah, Linda, Linda and me tried once, and you're like, how the fuck do people do this? <laughs> like, what on earth? Um, and I still don't know how you fucking co-write something. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. And I think for me, too, every everything is so, I'm so particular about every word and mm-hmm. every line meaning something and specificity is another thing that i'm very big on and a lot of people are big on um, detail do you think
3: that's one of the reasons why you kind of migrated from being
0: in a couple bands yeah uh, yeah maybe but well, i never really wrote when i was in those bands i i wrote maybe I guess maybe since the tail end of when I was in four, I started writing soon, but uh they weren't good. I read a lot of bad shit before um I figured it out, where you know are just just like writing about like a lot of people do writing about things that you don't do mm-hmm. um mhm. Like I write about whiskey, and I don't like
2: whiskey. Are you a big reader?
0: Um, no, I wouldn't yeah. say so. But I'm, I'm trying to become a bigger reader. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been reading a lot of poetry lately.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but I would like to be though. I'm trying. Just always in the. I'm a slow reader, so I'll read 10 or 15 pages, and it takes me like two hours.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Because I'm thinking it through Oh, yeah. Yeah. It. yeah. yeah. And then I, like, my mind wanders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I'm very, I'm easily distracted, too. <laughs> <laughs> so what I is, usually end up just thinking. Yeah. I I, mean, I usually sit there reading, and then I just end up thinking about something. And i was thinking about that thing for ten or fifteen minutes, and then I remember that when I was reading.
3: <laughs> yeah, you have to reread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: so funny. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but 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 I've been better about it, and and that's what I've been loving about reading poetry is that I don't, I don't have to read and engage for novel's worth if I don't want to. Mm-hmm. You know, I can, I can you know, really snippets.
2: um, yeah. Well, that's really a great gift that you have to be so descriptive. You know, sometimes it's like a skill. Obviously, you're a very natural, <laughs> also a storyteller, um, yeah. to, to be that descriptive in the songs that you have. But it does, you know, you listen and you're like, that's why the uh the night of your concert I was like, is the pop is the pop bar the Greenland yeah I love
0: that oh uh, yeah, and it's a it's a hard line to to too, because there have been times where um I think the other thing that makes uh, me good at it is just intuition or judgment
1: mm-hmm.
0: of where. Like, I know when something is finished and when something isn't finished. Like, it's just, like, a sense. Mm-hmm. And I know, like... Like, I know... Because there have been times, too, where I really tried to lay into that detail, songwriting. And, but I can sense, or, like, there's, like, this intuition. I've uh, got... It's too much stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's just too much and it's, and it's nothing. It's just detail for detail's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's a hard line. Though.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but I think that's what's saved me. And also the people, the people that I sent my stuff to, like Don, and CJ, and Linda, Grace and Emma help me, and usually they don't. Thankfully, um, which tells me like my intuition and judgment's usually pretty good. They don't have a ton notes, but sometimes they do, and they're right. Carmen Rodgers, like Grace's mom too. I should mm-hmm. oh, the whole family. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah,
2: that whole family's
0: just wonderful <laughs> and influential. Um, but yeah, it's like a. Just judgment or intuition on knowing when something's done and knowing when something's not done. Mm-hmm. Um, I do this anymore, uh, and memory helps. So I've got a good memory uh, for detail and uh, observational skills. I think as John Earle would say. But, uh, but I, I do this thing when I think something's done. Where I play it on my uh, old Martin guitar, and I've got, on the headstock, there's these two uh, divots, where they're just like, uh, it looks like somebody just kind of took a pocket knife and just, like, like edged out Mm -hmm. a bit or something. They're just like these two little divots on the headstock, and just stare at those divots and I play it through and I listen to the words and usually but after playing it through I'm still staring at those divots so I can feel whether it's good mm-hmm. or whether it's unfinished, <laughs>
1: you
0: know, which is weird. I've told that to people, but for whatever reason I like to do that, yeah. like I stare at those divots and I can usually... There was one I worked on for a long time, and staring at those divots, I never felt it was finished, yes. and I threw it away.
2: You allowing yourself to like listen to yourself? Like, oh, yeah. A lot of people don't. And most people don't do that. Right. <laughs> to even give themselves that space to like truly listen to what is being said, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. But um, that's really fascinating. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And before
3: hearing what you were saying about your instincts, it's easy to, it was easy for me anyway to think, you know, he's so young, how does he do such brilliant work like this? We're and, and we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> but um, it makes sense now because you have instincts and this is coming naturally for you and you didn't have to, a lot of people have to have years of um, absorbing conversations and getting uh, them into your lyrics and, uh, you know, staying at a spot to get a sense <laughs> on, uh, on how it's going. Um, but, you know, a lot
0: of people take years to learn that kind of thing. And, and it, it makes sense now how somebody that's so young could... Yeah, and nothing is... This is the first thing I've ever felt that's kind of natural. Which I'm not... Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hope it don't sound too much like an asshole or anything. But I don't, I'm not talking not about anything, really, but... I do... Uh, uh, I do feel good about it. I do feel i uh, got this particular thing. It, it's kind of more natural than anything else. I fucking baseball. I couldn't play guitar much worth of shit. But I, this I can do. I think it's just a, it's my memory. And uh, i had a good memory ever since I was a kid. I've had good observational skills ever since I was a kid. I don't know. But even that, now, having said that, I mean, like I said, I mean, wrote a lot about whiskey and shit early on. I, mean, I had to learn to get out of that because that shit was awful. It was <laughs> like looking, thinking. You got me videos. <laughs> no, I have fan camper ports so that I probably deleted. <laughs> um, yeah, that's. She was awful and uh, but what changed it for me was Um, and I knew too like I could And that's and that's why there isn't really like there was maybe one or two things that Um, I would have called finished but they weren't And I think I knew that they weren't But there's not a lot of that just because I wouldn't write it I knew that it was bad
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> It was bad
1: <laughs> But but I, I
0: heard Tom uh, T. Hall say in a, in a live recording That he, as good as a liar as he was He was never any good at making up stories <laughs> So he just wrote about what he knew I said i'm gonna do that
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i and i love tom t on all this like what kid that thing off for me where was the
2: first place
0: you played music in public? uh down the bar i think yeah with uh people playing at that indie band i was talking about when i was 15 or 16. and uh Made our own shirts with stencils and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, that was (laughs) fun. Daisy, that was Daisy Hellness band too. Her dad Otto, who's mixed most of this. The mixing process has kind of been complicated, involved both Otto and Kenny, but Mm -hmm. um, Otto, who's worked on a lot of this record. And has also been very, very influential. I me, mean, um, like I said, the, I posted a picture of him and me, and at that show, and said that he's the reason I thought I could pull off a bloody and jeans. <laughs> 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 he would wear that. But I did. Um, but yeah, that was his daughter Daisy's band. People time. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. And then that's why I got to know out of So I was on me since I was fourteen or fifteen. <laughs> it's just funny to think about having I mean, seen me change, I guess. Mm-hmm. But
3: <laughs> that's cool to have that person that oh, yeah. can see a transition like that. Yeah. Really
0: Yeah, he used to stand stone-faced on stage, and play lead guitar that was too busy. And he saw me through all that. Get you now. Somewhere. Some
2: people. Who are some musicians you're listening to? You know, you said you're pretty
0: critical. Okay. So, who <laughs> yeah. are you liking right now? Ladies? Oh, God. Uh, lately, um, I guess this is one thing I'll say. Well, uh, Bob Dylan, a lot, I've been on a massive, which I was into Dylan a lot in high school, and recently I just rediscovered him on such a massive Dylan cake, mm-hmm. like all the time. Mm-hmm. And also, New York era, Lou Reed. Mm-hmm. I love Lou
1: Reed, mm-hmm.
0: um, and I share, and it's a and it's a similar goal that I think to Dylan as well, but Lou reeds expressed it explicitly, where he says um, that he wants to apply like the creative uh, linguistic freedoms of literature to rock and roll. Which is I read and uh said that it's like that's exactly what I want to do too. Like I wanna play like Rolling Stone songs, but have the lyrics be like Tom Teal. Yeah.
1: You know, mm-hmm. Or
0: Or Dylan now. Like yeah. I'm trying to should that I guess should I go with Lou Reed, though? Like I was saying, making lyrically dirt. Rock and roll music music mm-hmm. country.
1: Music mm-hmm. I could hear
3: you playing her, eh?
0: Yeah <laughs> I could absolutely yeah.
1: play.
0: And I and I. And that was the And I think I kind of alluded to this Or said it earlier, but That was one of the most fun things For me, too, about the show Was when I have the Back in band And I can do it too alone, But it allows me to Play around with phrasing like Dylan does. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And play with melody and talk or show the line. Sing it differently. Which I love. doing. I love messing with it. Dylan messed with his stuff. I really, that was so, so, so fun (laughs) for me. Just to be able to do that at the show. <laughs> yeah. Your joy was so obvious. <laughs> and,
3: and looking back at the pictures,
0: yeah. Yeah. I was having fun, man. Satan said he's trying
1: records.
0: Probably coming out in April or May, I'll probably put a single out Another one in February, I guess Maybe um, And we'll probably Be on tour soon But I can't really talk about it you know. <laughs> But um, But yeah Probably going to be on tour soon With somebody And so that's exciting Yeah um, Yeah Got that record on the mm-hmm.
2: So <laughs> I'm yes. looking forward to that. Well, we're looking forward, to, then, to your upcoming news. Yeah. 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 Out and
1: yeah. Sport. Yeah, yeah,
2: definitely. Oh, yeah. my gosh. He's so cool. Yeah. I'm
1: <laughs>
2: Thank you so much for listening to Well Law's fifth and final episode of the year. Thank you for all the support, and we're consistently shocked at all the love and encouragement we've received on this project. Go follow all of Charlie Overman's social media. And if you want the latest updates on the Well Law Podcast, follow us on Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Get out and support the musicians and venues in your local community. Happy listening. We wish you a very safe new year and cheers to the upcoming year.